What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast. We want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Matt, how's it going? It's going well. I'm so glad that you guys are joining us. Sawyer and I, in order to uh, be extra safe because of COVID, are recording this in uh, different locations right now. Um, That's right. But but we're seeing each other on Zoom, which is good. And we wish we could see you too. We love you guys who are listening and we love hearing from you guys and your questions. In fact, we had one question this week that someone gave us. So we mm-hmm. wanted to start there. But if like always, if you have questions about the message, about life, about faith, about the Bible, about um, what I want for Christmas, you can always send in <laughs> those questions to mwolf at arisedenver.com or strap at arisedenver.com. We always love hearing from you or even comments. So the question we got was about the verse I skipped on Sunday. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I don't always read every verse in a passage. A lot of times I'll do a big chunk of scripture and you don't really always need to, to get the, the big idea of a passage. Although, like I, I say, when I do that, that every verse and every word is inspired by God and important, you should read it, you should study it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one one verse out of the 12 I skipped. I mean, even just 11 verses, that was a lot that I covered on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And the one I skipped is the most confusing verse, um, <laughs> which is why I got a question. Probably why it. you skipped it. And I skipped it because I think it fits very well into the rest of the passage, as I'll explain in a, in a minute, but it is very confusing. And I thought I might really confuse people and mm-hmm. distract them from the point I'm trying to make if I go into this. And we got a podcast. So there you go. since someone did ask, we can go deeper into it. Mm-hmm. it and this verse is pretty crazy, don't you think, Sawyer? It is, yes. It's, it's, it's a very intense one. Yeah, yes. it is. Uh, it's Luke uh, twelve ten, and it says, "And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Not be forgiven." Yeah, and that's why it seems a little crazy because blaspheming the Holy Spirit means you will not be forgiven. So. Like I've always heard, like you'll be forgiven no matter what you do, no matter right. how bad your sin. I mean, yeah. the, the criminal on the cross was being executed for crimes that he had committed next to mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus forgave him. And if Paul was a murderer, if David was a murderer, <laughs> like uh, there's adulterers, murderers, um, incest in the Bible, and all yeah. these different things there seems to be forgiveness for. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, no, there's one thing that you can't be forgiven for. So we should probably figure out what that one thing is, right? Yes. And make sure that uh, we uh, don't do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because and, and that is a thing. Like there are people, and hopefully this is not you listening, that right. think they have committed this sin. Mm-hmm. Like it is too late for me. There is no forgiveness. I can't go to heaven because when I was a teenager, I blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Or they're wondering, is that what I did that one time? Um, and, and that could be a scary thing. The thought of going to hell for an eternity where it's hot, um, where things are not fun. Um, you know, it's not just going to be like, Hey, see all your buddies in hell. It's going to be hot. It's going to be horrible. Um, you, nobody wants to be there. Mm-hmm. So if there is something we want, that's a, a sin that's unpardonable, we want to warn people from it and the people that haven't committed, we want to encourage them. Yeah. Right? So Sawyer, what is the unpardonable sin? Well, that's the question, right? I, I, I think there's a lot of different ways to interpret this passage, and I, it's covered in some of the other Gospels as well that when Jesus talks about it. Um, but as I've studied, as Matt and I have talked about this passage, I, I think what it's getting at is this idea that blaspheming against the Holy Spirit is basically like denying God that God is offering forgiveness, offering salvation and us and our free will and our ability can, (laughs) can say no to that through the ways that we live our life, that um, the choices that we make, that it's not that necessarily God is unwilling to forgive. It's that this, what makes it unforgivable is that that individual who does this, their unwillingness to repent and believe is, is what I would say. What do you, what do you think, Matt? Yeah. So uh, I, I think that the passage gets there clearly um, in, cause there's a lot of things that people think this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one that is wildly wrong is just saying, I blaspheme the Holy spirit. <laughs> okay. Um, do you remember the blasphemy challenge Sawyer? No. So this, I don't, I don't know how big it actually was, but in college, somebody showed this to me and I just looked it up on YouTube. You can still find videos of this. It was the last one I found was from 2007. So this was a while ago. Okay. This was like in the infancy of YouTube, right? <laughs> when I was in, was in my college years that people would challenge each other. They dare each other to go on there. And in order to basically thumb their nose at the God or for them, like the God that doesn't exist, they say, I blaspheme the Holy spirit. And I don't care if that means I'm going to hell. Hmm because they either don't think God exists or they don't like God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was, it's kind of, when I first saw it, I was like, man, these people, that's like a big risky thing. Like it's intense. What if they were right? What if that is what blasphemy of the Holy spirit is? This little yeah. YouTube video you made back in 2007 is going to determine your eternal fate. Wow. Yeah. The good news is I don't think that's what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about a YouTube video that you say, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a little bit more of an accurate um, interpretation that I think is wrong. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't say it's accurate. But if you look at this same passage in Mark, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, it's in Mark and it's in Matthew. Yeah. Um, when it talks about the Holy Spirit. So let me pull up that verse so that people know what I'm talking about. It, it's in Matthew 8, 20. Um, I'm sorry, in Matthew 12, 31. 
Yeah, that's what I had. Yeah. Matthew 12, 31. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. Mm -hmm. So it's a sin. It's a slander of the Holy Spirit himself. And if you look at that story, what's going on in that story? Do you know what, what's happening there in Matthew 12, Sawyer? Well, I could look really quick. I don't know. If it, it, I'll, I'll explain yeah. it. So there's a demon-possessed man. Jesus heals him. He casts out the demon. And of course, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders come up to Jesus and they say, oh, are you casting out demons by Beelzebul? Basically, uh, is it because of the prince of demons, Satan, that you're driving out demons? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Jesus is like, this is absurd. Like, how can, if I were Satan, why would I cast out my own demons? And going on top of that, then, then he gives this thing about everything will be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. So some people interpret this very, very specifically to this context. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to interpret based on context. Right. That's one of the most important things we're supposed to do is we read God's word. But this context makes it seem in Matthew that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is attributing um, the works of the Holy Spirit to Satan. Mm -hmm. So you are so anti-God that when you see God move and do something powerful, you're like, oh, that's Satan. That's evil. That's awful. Like you are so far on the other side of following God that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. So for one, I think not, <laughs> I, I think that's confusing. Right. And two, like, what's the application for that? It's a great question. I guess don't attribute the things of God to <laughs> devil. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a weird application because most of us don't have Jesus walking among us, performing miracles and casting out demons and us mm -hmm. uh, attributing that to Satan. Like it's such an obscure thing that it seems weird that God would include that in his word mm -hmm. um, as instruction for his followers for all of time. The other thing that I don't like about that interpretation is why is that an unforgivable sin? Why are all the sins in the world, murder, incest, pedophilia can yeah. be forgiven, but not attributing to uh, the Holy Spirit, calling what the Holy Spirit does Satan's work. Mm -hmm. It seems strange. It does. It seems like an odd choice. It seems like an odd choice, especially um, when you look at other scriptures that say, if we confess our sins, God is faithful. He will forgive us our sins. Period. First John 1, 8 and 9. Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's, like, why is this one specific bizarre sin unforgivable? So let's go back. I know you kind of already started to get to this, Sawyer, but let's go back to our passage again in Luke chapter 12. I jumped ahead. I didn't know, I didn't know we were going into the, the full the full approach, which is great. I think this is awesome. So we're going to give the people what they want. Well, that's good. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to deny the people. We got to give the people what they want. And sometimes that means uh, interpreting scripture. So now we're looking at Luke 12, 10. <laughs> I actually think this passage gives us a much better passage to study the context in. And the reason is in Matthew 12 that we were just looking at it. I think that there's some other stuff going on there. And I think looking at that story to give it that specific instruction is not reading into that passage what is supposed to be there. But here in Luke chapter 12, I think things are a little differently. So look specifically at the two verses before then. So if, if you guys have a Bible and you're listening to, you can read along in verses eight and nine of Luke chapter 12. If not, I'm going to read them to you. Actually, Sawyer's going to read them to you. Sawyer, could you read verses eight and nine for the people? 
Absolutely. Give them what they want. <laughs> I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. So in this passage, what you see is a pattern. There's a pattern. So what's going on is I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, that first half of the verse is the present, isn't it? I mean, yes, it was Jesus's mm-hmm. present, but we can apply this to our present. Yeah. If you publicly acknowledge Jesus before others in your present, mm-hmm. the son of man, it says in the second half of the verse, will acknowledge you before the angels of God. Right. That's in the future, right? Mm-hmm. That's on the judgment day. So a present acknowledgement leads to a future acknowledgement by Jesus. We acknowledge Jesus in the present publicly. Jesus will acknowledge us publicly in the future. Yeah. Same pattern in verse nine. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Meaning if you disown me in the present, I'm going to disown you in the future before mm-hmm. the angels of God. Mm-hmm. So present, future, present, future. So verse 10, I think the pattern continues. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven in the present, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit in the future will not be forgiven. Hmm. So this is what I see is blaspheme. So you can blaspheme Jesus. Like, how come Jesus as part of the Trinity, like, he doesn't get an unforgivable sin, but the Holy Spirit does? Like, what's going on there? Well, it's because Jesus was there among them with his disciples. And what happened, think about specifically with Peter, what happened with Peter before, you know, think about it. What happened with Peter when Jesus died on the cross? He ends up denying him very explicitly three times. He disowns Jesus. I don't know him. I I have never known him. Three times. And if Jesus had not said this in his ministry, it is quite possible that Peter would be in hell. Hmm. But that didn't happen. Jesus, when he came back, he went to Peter. There's that great scene after they're fishing in the boat. They have breakfast. And then Jesus three times in a row forgives Peter. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my sheep. He's forgiving Jesus for the three times that Peter disowned him. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus, as the human being in this life, we could deny him. We could say, I hate Jesus. I don't believe him. But there's always a chance for forgiveness if we repent. Up until your last breath, you can repent and decide that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And it doesn't matter if a whole lifetime you've spent opposing Jesus, you can be forgiven. Yeah. I mean, think about Saul to Paul. Saul hated Christians, murdered Christians, sat by and nodded in approval as Stephen was murdered um, as the first Christian martyr. And yet he became the leader of the early church. Yeah. And yet, so if that's in the present, in your present life, if with your last breath, you finally confess Jesus as Lord, you're forgiven. However, it says blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. I think that pattern of the future is continuing. So if till the very end of your life, you have not declared Jesus as Lord, and you then in the future appear before the judgment seat and still have not um, proclaimed Jesus as Lord, if the Holy Spirit still isn't inside of you, you won't be forgiven. So what we're talking about is exactly what you said at the very beginning. You gave away the answer. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> it's unbelief, right? Yeah. It's um, unbelief that continues throughout your whole life. 
Mm-hmm. You haven't taken any opportunity God has ever given you to turn to Jesus in faith. So what do we do with that verse? What does that mean for our 10,000 Sawyer? I think it means a couple things for us personally, but it also means a couple things for us in our relationships with others. Um, the first I would say is <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and if you're wondering like, okay, that, that's great. But like in my past, I, I, I really have denied God. I, I've lived opposite. I, I, I denied God's existence. I haven't accepted Jesus. Can I still be forgiven? And absolutely the answer is yes. Um, I just want to quick jump us to uh, John 6, verse 40. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, For it is my Father's will that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Forgiveness is still available to you. So if you haven't accepted that, if you're questioning, please accept Jesus as Lord. (laughs) You know, you will be forgiven. Um, But also, there's an urgency, an immediacy to this that there is an end, there is death, there is a point where our denial has eternal consequences, not only for us, but for the people in our lives who don't know Jesus, who haven't accepted that gift of salvation, who are at this time denying the Holy Spirit, denying God, denying Jesus. And so that means we as his followers who do know Jesus, who have accepted that gift of forgiveness, as we've been talking about <laughs> through a lot of the podcasts, but especially over these past couple episodes, we have to have our one. We have to be having those spiritual conversations. We have to be invested in the spiritual journey of somebody else um, because it has <laughs> real eternal consequences that there is a point that forgiveness will no longer be offered. And that should, that should matter. That should be serious. And that should motivate us to act. Yep, for sure. So like Sawyer said, man, if you haven't asked Jesus for forgiveness because you Mm -hmm. think your sin is too bad, you're wrong. You can be forgiven. As long as you can hear my voice, you can be forgiven. Um, and that's such good news. And that's helpful to us. So if that's you, or if you're talking to that person, mm-hmm. I remember talking to someone and, I, and it's a little crass story, but I'll share it anyways. Um, because this girl I remember in high school had uh, made the beast with two backs um, with, with another dude at a Christian camp under a picture of Jesus. Right. So she's like, because of what I did that I'm going to hell for sure. Right. Have you heard someone said that? Oh, because of that, whether it's that oh, one activity um, or, or something they've done, I'm going to hell for sure. Um, not only did I sin, but I sinned in a church. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's something so awful, something so terrible uh, that you've done. And you're like, because of that, I'm going to hell for sure. And we can say, well, no, <laughs> there's no for sure about anything until you're dead <laughs> in this life. You can't be forgiven. And that's a great way to help another person follow Jesus through that. Like, why do you think that that sin is so bad? Right. Why do you think that is an unforgivable sin? So you could potentially say, yeah, there actually is one unforgivable sin. Catch their attention and say, but it's not what you did. <laughs> mm, there you go. Yeah, that's good. You can be forgiven just because you put up a dumb YouTube video when, when you were a 20 something in 2007, you right. can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think we all need some forgiveness for YouTube videos that we put up in the past. <laughs> Everybody is frantically Googling Matt Wolf YouTube <laughs> to try and see what you put up there. No, it'd be more like embarrassing than, than okay. like sinful. That, that's good. That's good. But question, Matt. So yeah, to really dive it into our 10,000, if, if this is true, if there is this reality of, um, of eternity and there is, and what can we do right now? Cause one of the other things that you talked about in your message was that it's so important for us to publicly acknowledge Jesus before others that a lot of people in our lives don't even maybe know we're Christians or, um, maybe we know we're Christians, but we haven't really taken that step to say, to really publicly acknowledge in front of others. And if we're going to be invested in the lives of others, if have that eternal impact, encourage people um, towards forgiveness, towards salvation, then they got to know we follow Jesus and we need to be talking about it. So let's, let's dive in. How do we actually begin to, in really easy steps, publicly acknowledge Jesus before others? Yeah, and I mentioned on Sunday this idea of raising the flag. We talk about it in our core groups um, as we disciple people that that we've got to learn to do that. The simple things of raising the flag. Do other people around you know that you believe? Right. Um, some people do this with with clothing. They'll do it with a cross they wear or um, a bracelet. You know those rubber bracelets. I've seen people use that, or with a tattoo, or even a shirt you wear. Um, my boss is a Jewish carpenter, right? Um, <laughs> you know, you could do it like that. That's that's one way that you can do it. Um, another way that I've seen people do it is carry a Bible around, uh, or read their Bible in public, mm-hmm. or go to a coffee shop when you're going to do your your Bible study or whatever. So those are so a few other ways you can do it, mm-hmm. um, but. Whether it's that or or even just simple things in conversation. Sorry, I can't come over for mimosas. Somebody just told me this. I can't come over for mimosas on Sunday because I'm going to be at church. But I'll come over right afterwards. Save there you, go. you know, that's like a simple <laughs> way in a conversation to bring up your faith. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, you know, my pastor this week said something. You can quote me. Um, you know, that'd be a way way that you could bring it up in just simple conversation. This is what we did Sunday. Or, hey, yeah, after, or, you know, we prayed on Friday night for you. What? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are some other ways that you can do that? Yeah, I, I think going off that prayer one, a lot of people are struggling with a lot of stuff, whether that's financial, whether that's health, whether that's, you know, stress or frustration or whatever that's like. And And I think it's really easy for us when we hear, when our friends, our family, our, our neighbors are talking to us about those things to just be like, oh, I, well, I hope that gets better. I'm here if you need anything. And then that conversation ends. And I just think that's such a wonderful opportunity to raise the flag and be like, can I be praying for you? Or maybe maybe even if you, you're so bold in that situation to really be like, hey, can I pray with you right now? I think often most people, even if they don't necessarily have the same faith or have any sort of faith background um if they know that that prayer is important to you is something that you value something that you believe in the majority of people are going to say yeah sure let's pray um and i think that's just such a wonderful opportunity to not only raise the flag but for care to care for people in that as well Another, another thing that i would say is 
Um, something that <laughs> comes across a lot with our students is um, like whether you have like some sort of sporting event or maybe it's for you or for your kids or um, just making that a priority as a family of saying, you know, we're going to be at church on Sundays. Like there's a lot of club sports, maybe pre-COVID now that we're on Sundays, but making making that a priority um, that we're going to go to church as a family. We're going to attend church online. We're going to dedicate that time and just making that a priority and in a way that you communicate your schedule with other people um, is a really easy way. Um, it, it doesn't have to be this. It can be hundred percent. If you have that opening, if you have that relationship, um, but it doesn't have to be this huge, long diatribe about every single nuanced belief that you have. I mean, that those are the conversations that you have in deep relationships with that one person or those couple people that you're working through um, and, and, talking about these important things. And, but that's, that's how this starts with raising the flag with people being aware that you're a follower of Jesus. And you know, what often happens is those difficult situations come, those challenges come, those moments of celebration come and they turn to you as a person of faith that you can be that person that they go to and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this or, Hey, we just had this celebration. And it happens over and over again. If people are aware that we follow Jesus, those openings, those opportunities, those conversations, they come up. And so this is so important. Yeah. And man, I feel for your students, Sawyer. Um, If you're a student listening, I love you. You have a, you're living in a really challenging time, harder than it was for Sawyer and I, or especially for your parents. Um, I said this to Sawyer, you know, you, you guys, Sawyer might disagree. uh, And I think others might disagree as well, but I think today in 2020 in DPS, a lot of our schools are in Denver public schools. If, if you are um, it's harder, I think to come out as a Christian than to come out as a homosexual um, in, in Denver public school right now. Like you get applauded if you come out and say, hey, I'm having these homosexual uh, desires. Um, but it's hard as a Christian. Nobody's applauding you. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're like, be quiet. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good for you. You know, keep it to yourself. So it, it can be challenging. You can, it, when you publicly come out as a Christian, when you go public with your faith, people may make fun of you. They may, you know, view you differently. They may treat you poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, all those things can happen. But it's what Jesus told us would happen. Um, so we yeah. just got to know that that's okay. And, I, th- you know, almost it's almost like, okay, well, I did what I was supposed to. That's good. Like, you can pat yourself on the back. Like, mm-hmm. I did go public, and it didn't <laughs> it didn't turn out great. But now somebody knows I'm a believer. Because like Sawyer said, there may come a point where they're at a low point, mm-hmm. and they come to you, and they're like, or, or they have a spiritual encounter. I've had people say, do this to me, and they're like, something happened. And I think it was God and you're the one that they know to talk to. Right. Even if they were, they were the ones that made fun of you before mm-hmm. they'll come to you about the big stuff. Yeah. They'll come to you to ask for prayer when they're, you know, sick or, or there's someone they love is sick. Yeah. They want your help. So I encourage you to do it. And I'm going to break some news here on this podcast. Is that okay? Sawyer, if I break Whoa. news about uh, <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Um, right. I, I've been hinting at it the last couple of weeks on Sundays, but our Christmas outreach that we're going to do, mm-hmm. this is a great way to go public with your faith. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're, we're calling this whole season that we're 
you know, dealing with delivering hope, that we want to deliver hope to every home. There are hearts, there are homes, there are individuals who need to hear the hope of Jesus Christ, because it can be a very hopeless, desperate, depressing time for people. And we want to bring hope straight into their home, right into their hearts. Mm-hmm. And Christmas is a great time to do that. But most people are going to be nervous to come to church. Yeah, I don't think the vaccine will be widespread enough. We might not even be able to physically have people in if the rules and regulations are too tight. So what we're doing is we're putting together boxes. Um, the, the theme for the box is hope, sweet hope. And in these boxes, they're going to be really fancy that we're putting together. They're going to have some, some candy in it, some hot cocoa. There's going to be a real cool travel mug. And there's going to be a set of candles because one of the best things about our Christmas Eve services is the candlelight moment. Yeah, absolutely. What we're going to do is you get this box and then you deliver it to one of your friends or family. So that that's the conversation like, hey, do you want to join us Christmas Eve? Oh, sorry, I won't because of COVID. Well, guess what? I'm going to bring Christmas Eve to you. I'm going to deliver this box to your doorstep. You open it up on Christmas Eve. You join us for the service, eat the goodies, drink the hot cocoa, and then open up that box during the Christmas Eve service. Watch it and pull out your candles and you can light it at home and join us all on Zoom from wherever you are. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this opportunity. And Sawyer, I already had one of these conversations on Sunday. There you go. What Sawyer and I talk about, um, we're doing too. And sometimes (laughs) we challenge each other to do do the things. But we, Melissa and I were on a walk um, and we ran into a couple uh, in our neighborhood. And they actually had joined us for the first time online on Easter. That was their very first time ever coming to our church. Nice. But I said, hey, you know, are you guys going to be around for Christmas? They're like, well, we have no idea, you know, because who knows how, what family we can see. That's the thing that everybody's talking about. Right, exactly. Said, well, hey, we're going to have our, this Christmas Eve service. We're making these boxes. Would you be interested? The husband was like, uh, uh, but the wife was like, yeah, I think so. So I'm like, great. I got the in and I've already planted the seeds so mm-hmm. that now um, I can do it or, or you can do it. If you're listening, go to arisedenver.com slash delivering hope. And you can sign up for the information for you or for the person you want to get this box. And then we'll make sure to reserve one of these boxes for you. You can pick it up and then you are going to be the one to deliver it to your friend or neighbor or coworker or enemy um, to deliver hope into their home and into their heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be really powerful. I think it'll give us an even greater opportunity to, um, to further our mission as a church and to really include all of us, all of us, because Matt and I are only people, our staff are only individuals, you know, but we really can't do this without you. Then um, our mission here at Arise Church Denver is to help people follow Jesus. And that isn't just our mission as a building, as a church, but it's really our mission for all of us. That this Christmas we can deliver hope and God willing, see more and more people find forgiveness, find hope and find salvation in Jesus. And I'm really excited about it. I hope you are too. Once again, that um, URL is arisedenver.com slash delivering hope. It's live. You can sign up right now and uh, we will make sure that you get a box or a box to deliver to somebody else. So, yeah. And I I think this is going to be really great because we had just over 500 last year join Mm -hmm. us in person. We're ordering 500 boxes, meaning a whole family will have a box. So we're anticipating at least doubling the amount of people joining us 
for our online services than we're able to get in person last year. I mean, that sounds like good news. It doesn't yeah. sound like a, a terrible, drastic shutdown that's destroying God's impact in the world. No, no, no. God's like, hmm, what can I do new this year? And I think we're, we're going to joining him in that. And then I hope you will join us because we're going to need you to deliver hope to that person who needs it. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening to us today for this podcast. I hope that it helped you with your faith in your 10,000. If you have questions, whether they're tricky biblical questions or application questions or whatever, we would love to answer those. Um, Send those in mwolf at arisedenver.com or strap at arisedenver.com. And if you like this, share it, like it, rate it, and we will uh, talk with you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at risedenver.com slash give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and then the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.